I feel like in high school, I kept thinking like, God, is this really what you want me to do? Like, I feel like it is. But then at the same time, I'm getting all these, I'm having all these people tell me like, oh, you're not going to make it like, ha, you're funny. And, you know, and music kind of became like my friend and songwriting did, you know, and I could pour all of my thoughts out on paper and then I wouldn't feel so heavy and I didn't feel so alone. Welcome to the No More Zero Days podcast. I'm your host, Eric Savage. And today we're talking to one of my favorite country music artists, Bailey Engle. At the time of this interview, the COVID-19 pandemic had quite not yet occurred here in America. So I wanted to take a quick moment to say I hope that you're all staying safe and please know that you and your family are in my thoughts and prayers. I hope that I can bring some positivity to you during this difficult, challenging time that we're all going through. I have some exciting news before we start this episode and that's that I've officially launched a dedicated Instagram just for this show. So please give it a follow for some bonus episode content, favorite quotes from episodes, and to stay up to date with all of your favorite guests and what they're about. As I mentioned, today's guest is Bailey Engel, and she's a Nashville-based country music artist. Bailey is someone I immensely respect for her dedication and passion to her craft, and I know today's episode will inspire you because it certainly inspired me. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. So tell me about the first time you ever picked up a guitar and or sang if you can remember that I think every musician says that they have a weird story I feel like mine's weird but you're gonna always hear that from somebody um I've been like singing and everything since I could talk and I only really got into guitar because my dad he is a guitar player always had a guitar in the house and I would sit in his lap because I was too like tiny for the guitar and I'd play it I'd strum I'd do the strumming he'd do the chords But then when I was 14, I won a radio contest to play with Keith Urban at the Oak Mountain Amphitheater. And I just remember my mom like begged me to do it, but I was way too afraid because I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get bullied. You know, like when you're in high school, you care way too much about what people think. And I totally did. And I was like, no, I don't want to do it. Like, please don't make me do it. And I was crying. And she was like, no, just do it. Like, we'll do one quick video. It'll take like five seconds of your time. So we did. And I got a call like two days later. I was in the top three, then he would choose the winner. And so I got a call the next day and I'd won. And I was so excited, I was pumped. But then the bullying started. So I was like, it was, I was excited, but I was also like, you know, people were like, oh, you must think you're something hot, you know? And I was like, I don't, you know, it was just a whirlwind. So anyways, I go, I have the whole day with him. We do sound check. And he asked if I wanted to play his guitar. And I was like, heck no I don't want to play your guitar I don't even like I don't feel like I'm allowed to be on the same stage as you and Sam a guitar player you know because he's just so epic but that was my goal after that was if I ever get the opportunity where he asks me to play guitar I'm gonna play guitar and I'm gonna be like as good as I can be for it so I started learning guitar and the rest was history I stood on that stage and I was like I don't want to do anything else so that's kind of when I decided to be a performer but I've been singing since I was like three, four, maybe. How did you ever realize like you were good at singing or or good enough? Was it like just parents affirming that? Did you do lessons? Was it all of a sudden you kind of realized like, hey, you sang out loud one day and people like weren't laughing at you? Like, tell me about kind of that journey because I'm fascinated by it because it's a journey that I myself never have gone on and never will be able to go on. It's weird because... I don't feel like I was a natural born singer. 
like I was I feel like I was a natural born performer but not a singer if that makes sense like I always wanted to be in the center of the spotlight always wanted to be on stage but I can remember a friend of mine like she's like one of my best friends ever um she told me one day when I was really young like probably in first grade why do you sound like that when you sing it sounds like you're singing out of your nose and I was like uh okay and so then I I like flipped a switch and started singing you know from my chest and from my like diaphragm which obviously I didn't know what the heck that was when I was younger but I was not a natural born singer so I got into that like when I she pointed it out to me and I was like oh okay well thank you that was really kind of you and then I started getting into lessons because my parents my grandparents my aunts and uncles super supportive always wanted me to chase this dream Honestly, I think they wanted me to pursue it more than I did before I even knew it. And I got into lessons. I might have done like two or three lessons, um, like or two different, two or three different teachers, maybe like two lessons each. I just was never into it because I, I'm super, I, I don't want to say like I'm a rebel, but I don't like when people are telling me what, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't like classical, like being trained like that, like I don't know. I don't like I don't like to be put in like a box. And that's kind of how I felt was like constricted when all I wanted to do was sing country music or sing some pop stuff. So I kind of just I started doing more artist development. And yeah, so I, I don't know. I think I knew I was like I knew this was something I could do when my my parents affirmed it, obviously, my whole life and everyone, but they're also just your parents. But then after the whole Keith Urban experience, there was like media and then, you know, other people are affirming it and then he's affirming it and he's saying stuff to me like, you know, you could really do this. And then it's like, oh, you know, and then I was, it was a good thing, but it was a bad thing. Cause like after that, I was like, great, I'm spoiled. This is all I want to do. I don't want, and then I was like, got to a point where in school I'd be like, okay, I could be doing my schoolwork or I could be writing a song, you know, or I could be doing this, but I really want to just play guitar and like teach myself this solo, you know? But yeah, I guess I'd say everyone was just affirming it. And then I fell in love with all of it. And I was like, well, I'm doomed. Tell me about then what happened. And I know you kind of just teased it a little bit of, of after the Keith Urban thing. So obviously we kind of have, so we've established where you've started and obviously I'm sitting in front of you now and you know, you, you've, a lot has happened since then, both good and, b- and bad, I'm sure. And I'm sure we're going to explore it today and I'm excited about it. But tell me about what happened next, both from a personal side for you of, like you said, I can't imagine what it would feel like having, you know, one of the world's largest country music singers affirming like, hey, you're actually good. But then what I also can probably relate to is when someone you look up to gives you that kind of, you know, advice or affirmation you're looking for Mm -hmm. is you're kind of almost able to like digest it and hold on to it for maybe days, months, weeks. But then there definitely is this point where all of a sudden you start to get kind of far away from it. And you forget about it and kind of real life sets back in and where you kind of, to me, this is what, you know, makes anybody great versus the people that quit in any industry or anything is like, how are you able to self-motivate and and keep going when you come up against opposition? And I'd imagine, especially living, you know, we're in Franklin, Tennessee today, Nashville area, like you're amongst a a city of of people that you can go out Monday through Sunday and listen to anybody at 10 a.m. that's playing the opening day for the bar that's better than probably 99% of people. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that journey. I'm fascinated by that, your personal journey then of of kind of what happened next, both, you know, on a practical level of the story, how that progressed, but also your kind of personal journey with that, of of finding not only your voice out loud, but that inner voice and, and kind of what was that journey for you? I got bullied really bad right after 
And I remember, like, I went to school that Monday, and I got there like eight o'clock. I was home by 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I called my dad and I was like, please come get me. This is terrible. And I don't know what I expected because it was almost one of those things where I don't know if I would have rather them like been wanting, like wanting to be close to me or if I would have rather had them how they were treating me. And it was, it was brutal because you're 16 or I was 14, but you know, you're in this age where high school, everything matters so much or like what people say to you, or you're still trying to figure out who you are. And you're still trying to, you know, you you don't want to do anything wrong and you don't want to perceived as, you don't want to be perceived as weird or I don't know, you know, like there's just things. And, and I feel like we're taught when we're younger or, you know, depending on a lot of things, if it's different, it's weird. And that's something that my parents never taught. Like, you know, for me, it was always do what you want to do. Whatever your passion is, we're going to fuel it. And I don't think a lot of kids experience that at a young age. So I try to not put blame on them for that because I think I don't think they're bad people and I don't think that they you know I think that now that they're they've probably grown up and matured they're probably would not they wouldn't say what they did back then but I don't know it was it was hard I mean I had people throw dead birds at me in the courtyard in school I know isn't that kind of gross it was so bad I I cried that day I remember I didn't even know what happened but it like it flew into my shoulder and it got caught on my backpack strap. Like they, they launched it. I turned over and my friend was like, holy cow, there's like a bird. And I turned around and there was a dead bird in my strap. So I started crying because I was sad for the bird, kind of grossed out. Like I had bird guts all over my shirt. Um, and then there were times when, you know, I'd be doing my homework. Someone would come rip it up and be like, oh, you're writing a song. And like, no, I'm just doing math and work. And the joke of like oh look it's Bailey England she actually might have more friends than her guitar and her microphone and just stuff like that and then you know the the stuff when people get behind their screen and they're so brutal and they'll be like oh you don't even sound good like I had this one girl one time send me a full paragraph which I was kind of like hmm it's pretty cool you care enough to take out like time out of your day to send me that but it was like you don't even sing good like oh you think you're good you think you could actually be on American Night you know just stuff like that and it was like really like and it's hard enough because at this point I knew I wanted to do music but then you're getting bullied and I'm like okay like is it like would I even have fans quote-unquote because people don't seem to like me you know like and I didn't know why because I wasn't doing anything other than just being myself and following my dream but it bothered them so much and looking back like I don't think that they were jealous of me I think they were jealous of the fact that I was so sure of myself and sure of what I wanted to do and that's scary to them because they had no idea. And so that was kind of, I kind of found my voice through that, like through the hard times. And my parents were always like, you know what? It's not going to matter in the end because like you're going to rise above this. You are so much better than this. Like don't let it get to Because there were times when I definitely wanted to speak out and I wanted to not like physically fight them because I just don't, I would lose that for sure. But I wanted to like fight back and say, you know, I wanted to say cutting things that they were saying to me. Because it was it was so frustrating because I was like, if I'm getting bullied for doing like, you know, there's so many other people that are going through it. And it's not fair because luckily I was strong enough and I had a strong enough support system that it didn't bother me too bad and that it didn't it didn't force me to stop following my dream. But there's so many people out there who are going through it who don't have that support system. And that's what really bothered me because I was like, I know so many people who are so talented that I either grew up with or I met while I was growing up that have 
endless talent and you know an endless opportunity for so much but they didn't have a support system so they gave up and they were like eh, I'm just gonna go to school and I'm gonna do this nine to five which there's nothing wrong with that if that's what your dream is but it breaks my heart that kids are not even kids like people just are bullied every day for being who they are and what they want to be so I kind of found my voice through that and I realized that like I feel like my purpose on on this earth is definitely music but I also want to use my platform for good like just to bring awareness to like it's okay to be weird it's okay to be different I always want my Instagram or like any social media to feel like you know who I am as a person because I just feel like I don't know I feel like you, you need as many friends as possible in this world so what was that next step for you musician did you start writing your own music were you doing covers like let's practically I'm, I'm fascinated to know like where that kind of story led or how you uh, springboarded, if you will. Out oh of yeah. It. So that's why I feel like my story is all over the place because it's like I started singing when I was a, like a child, but like I started performing at 14, but I started writing music at 13 because my grandmother passed away. And I remember like she was, she would always greet me with like, Oh Bailey, like my beautiful grandchild, you're going to be a star. Like that was how it always was. So it's like, she always saw that I was going to be in, you know, like the entertaining to entertainment world. But I remember she passed away and I wrote her a song on the piano. So I guess you could say I kind of like I I could play piano a little bit. And I could barely play guitar because of what I'm about to tell you. But I didn't really play until the whole Keith Urban thing. But basically she passed away. I wrote her a song on the piano the day of the funeral. They were like, hey, um, or the day before they're like, hey, the piano's broken. And I was like, oh, OK, well, I don't play guitar, really. I mean, I, I'd been around it. Um, my dad was like, okay, well, let me, let me play it for you. And I was like, no, 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 this is my thing. This was like the like, like entertainer in me or just like the like selfish little, like I want the spotlight. I was like, no, this is mine. You know, like this is my moment. And, um, I wrote the song, got on the guitar and I, I think I taught myself like Scotty McCreary see you tonight for some reason. And I somehow held it together. I played it. So I fell in love with songwriting in, in that moment and I would just like write, write, write. And so it was fine. Like when I felt, when I realized I had no more friends, honestly, I had the people that, that, you know, they might've considered me a friend, but I didn't feel like I had friends. You know, I didn't feel like I had people who would check in on me and be like, Hey, how's it going? You know, or like people that truly cared about it. It was just stuff that it was people that, I mean, they were sweet and they're great people and I mean, nothing against them. But I think that if you were to have asked them what, like, you know, tell me about Bailey Engel. It'd be like, oh, yeah, like she goes to school with me. We're friends. She does music. You know what I mean? Just like kind of surface. And so music kind of became like my friend and songwriting did, you know, and I could pour all of my thoughts on, out on paper and then I wouldn't feel so heavy and I didn't feel so alone. And so after that, it was just kind of like my parents let me homeschool my last year of high school and I still got to graduate with my class, but I got to just focus solely on music. And so it was weird. It was like one, like my first gig ever was at this place in my hometown called Beef Brady's. I love it. I love George and Eileen. They're the best. They gave me my first gig ever and they still be like, oh, come on, you know, and and after that, I noticed I would start getting more phone calls, you know, like, oh, well, you can play here. Well, you can play here. And then next thing I know, I'm getting called to go to Texas or California, you know, and places all over the country. And I think maybe I would say that's when I really felt affirmed because I feel like in high school, I kept thinking like, 
God, is this really what you want me to do? Like, I feel like it is. But then at the same time, I'm getting all these, I'm having all these people tell me like, oh, you're not going to make it like, ha, you're funny. And you know, and, um, but then I was like, okay, this is all I want to do. So I just packed up and moved to Nashville right after school. I was like, I just have to get, I have to get out. I have to get up there. And I don't know where it's going to take me, but it was just like that blind faith of knowing like, God's not going to let me down. I'm going to be fine. Um, so here I am. Have you ever had this thought that, and it's, and it's one that this question is based on something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, Okay. but at the end of the day, like I'll only know and you know, I won't know the answer to the question until the day I die, I guess rather. But Hmm. have you ever been worried or given caution to like, yes, you love this thing, AKA country music, like so much Mm -hmm. and you're going so all in on it. Mm -hmm. And I believe to be really good at at something like you have to go all in on it. Like that's been proven in sports and like, you know, like once LeBron James or Michael Jordan figured out their basketball player or like they could shoot, like nothing else mattered. Like that was all they did all day long. Right. But I I think that the interesting thing about life that I think is both so beautiful and also frustrating is that nothing's guaranteed. Totally. And so have you ever had this thought of like almost like FOMO of being a normal person or like fear of missing out or like what if I spent, you know, 10 years of my life on this thing and all of a sudden I missed all these vacations or I missed making all these friendships and what if it doesn't work out? Have you ever had that thought? And if so, like what was that internal conversation or are you able to answer that question you knew i know the answer because i mean i know i might answer but this is about you not about me and so i mean maybe i can debrief after you answer the question but like i'm just fascinated by that because Mm -hmm. i think that there is no guarantees and again like you're in the big leagues of nashville like Mm -hmm. i would imagine it'd be super intimidating walking around being like there's so many talented people yeah like you know when's my time to like make it yeah i'd say yes and no i miss uh I feel like I was forced to grow up really early because of this industry. And so I feel like when I was like 15 and getting started, I was forced to be 25, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm super grateful for that. And I'm super grateful for every opportunity. So I don't regret anything, but it was a lot of, I just, I mean, like friends, you know, I've never had a lot of friends and that's fine because I am someone that would rather have, you know, quality over quantity. So I don't really care. But there are those times when I'm like seeing all my friends that are up living it up in college and loving it and having, you know, meeting a million friends from everywhere. And and I always can't help but wonder like, oh, I wonder what that would be like, you know, and I mean, it's it's not a big deal, but I do have those I do have those thoughts. And and I also miss sometimes like which this doesn't necessarily have to do with like the normalcy of things because I'm I'm a very, very normal person. But I think like I miss not I miss the idea of being able to just like go off the grid or delete social media for a little bit and not have to worry about compare comparing myself to somebody or worrying about so and so or this or that or this or that but I I have to because if I go a week or two without posting I'm hit up in my dms which I'm super grateful because this just means that people they care and that's something that means the world to me but you know I'm asked like are you still living in Nashville or oh is there going to be anything else and and then that kind of though, like that plants a seed in my head of like, oh my gosh, am I not working hard enough? Like I'm trying and I'm trying. And, and that's something that I feel like I'm super bad about is measuring so much off of how much I'm working. And I work way, like I work a lot. Like I, I catch myself on times when I'm supposed to be unplugged, like on a weekend with my family or with my boyfriend. Like I catch myself 
working and then I, I get down about that because I want to be intentional about that time being my time with them. So there's that too. But then there's also times when I'm like, and, and this is probably like 90% of the time or maybe even 95% of the time I'm like, no, you know, I like who I am, I like where I am. And I mean, I'm sure that will change. I'll probably, I feel like Marin Morris and Kelsey Ballerini or Casey Musgraves would be really cool to pick their brain on this question because I know that everyone in this industry is so grateful for their followers. And I mean, I'm on a small scale. I've only got like 12K, but, but still, I'm so grateful for everyone that follows me and cares about who I am or where I'm going because they don't have to, you know, but they do. And so I would love to pick their brain because I know that they're so grateful, but it's just such a different level for them of, you know, how they feel about that. I'm sure. Like what areas do you feel that way? Ultimately, I, I, you know, like I've worked every single day, every single weekend, I would say probably 98% of every weekend since the day after I turned 16 and I'm 28 now, like I've missed a lot of normal people things. Like I don't have a lot of close friends to be honest. Like the close friends that I do are the ones now I have probably like three that we actually like just call each other every once in a while. But like, I don't have all these amazing like because i was thinking about this the other day of like since i'm like a content creator photographer videographer like i i don't have all these pictures of myself growing up doing stuff because i was always working yeah like i took summer school every year in college so that i could take the minimum of 12 hours to be a full student student in the fall and the spring so that i could work like totally yeah. I like i scraped by in school like i didn't go to classes that weren't in my major like I had a two, four something GPA when I graduated from school because yeah. I legitimately did not care. Like whatever the bare minimum was, like you did it. That was me. I did. But if there were classes that were related to my major entrepreneurship or related to like, okay, this is what I want to do with my life. Like I got all A's, but everything yeah. else C's or D's or whatever that minimum, I think it was C's like you had to have. And, um, but ultimately, you know, to wrap this thought up and we'll, and we'll proceed on, like I am so thankful that I, I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and, and ultimately like, to me, that's how you answer that question. Because at the end of the day, you know, we are not defined by our occupation as uh, a business owner, as a musician. And so at the end of the day, like, I think that you have to be intentional with your life and and be grateful and intentional with your day. But at the end of the day, like what God's like looking from all of us, whether you believe in him or not, is that you followed him. He doesn't care about how many number one singles you had. Absolutely. So to me, at the end of the day, if if you were to die 10 years from now or 30 years from now and like you never made it, in quotation mm-hmm. marks. Doesn't matter. You don't get a special seat at heaven because exactly. you made it and you didn't. Oh like, my gosh. I actually think about that all the time. And I actually like, so at the beginning of this year, kind of the end of 2019, really, I was in a super like deep rut of like, I was constantly looking at social media and that's when I started being like, ugh, like if I, if I didn't have to be on social media for my career, I'd be totally off of it, you know? And only because I would get on it, I started doing the whole comparison game and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like that girl hasn't been in Nashville as long as me and she's getting to do this with so-and-so like what, what is she doing that I'm not doing? So then I start getting down a rabbit hole and, and, and I'm, it's funny because like the, my, I'm the biggest advocate for everyone's on their own journey and no one's journey is the same. And I love that. That's probably my favorite part about Nashville is I'm so obsessed with the fact that like, and that's another thing too, is I love that I can be friends with everybody in town and I want to be friends with everybody in town. I don't want to look at anything as a competition because it's not a competition. And so I'd have to always remind myself like, 
what does it matter at the end? Like, and I don't mean that in like, oh, none of this matters. Like, obviously you get it. But like, I mean it in just more of like, if I, you know, as long as I'm a good person and I have a good heart and I'm doing things with the best intentions and I'm glorifying him and, and I'm, you know, using my platform for that, that's all that really matters to me. And if the success comes, like I'm hoping it does, then amazing. Like, glory to God. Like, that's all that it, you know, but I I struggled with that for a really long time was like, I would, I would get away from that and I'd stray from that and realizing that. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Like, maybe I'm not meant for this. Maybe this is God telling me that like, this is useless and this is, you know, my efforts are just unnoticed and it doesn't matter. But yeah, I totally get that. The last closing thought, and then I'll ask you the next question, but I actually was recently working a camera gig right before I left Atlanta and Natalie Grant was speaking. Oh my gosh. She's amazing. She's a, a Christian artist, but she and I'll, I'll send you the link after this yeah, offline. Yeah, please do. But she goes on this journey of sharing her musical, you know, journey and how she really felt like lately, like God has taught her just how all of us are not built for the spotlight. Like, oh my god, and kind of yeah. what you're talking about. Like, even you know me, like same thing. Like I, it's I'm sure it's harder as a musician, but I still struggle with that. Like comparing and you know I've doing this or I have this gear or I can shoot better than this person or why aren't I getting opportunities and yeah. da, 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 like or why don't I have more followers and like how it's just crazy how everything in our world is built around like popularity and that's what matters and you know if you have a million followers on social then you've made it and you yeah. know we're rewarding popularity right now in culture and I'm not oh, saying yeah. there's nothing wrong with that like mm. from from a pure business standpoint of influencers to all these things like you have a lot of followers like you get more opportunities. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the name of the game. But where I think that I draw the line for me is like, when does all that, all of a sudden people get in their head or programmed in that like, that means that I matter more than you or you matter more than me because you have more followers, you have more clout or whatever. And that's self-worth can't come from that. But anyways, I just thought it was such an amazing thought about how she just really like spoke into that and and Mm -hmm. revealed to like the audience in the room, just like, we're not meant for the spotlight. We are not meant to crave that affirmation from people. Cause at the end of the day, like we're, what we're both saying, like it just, it's not going to matter. No. Like, and it's so unfulfilling. Yes. It is so unfulfilling to think that how many likes you get. I want my likes from Instagram to be taken away so bad. Have yours been taken away? No, not yet. My roommates have, and I'm so jealous because I'm going to be completely honest, transparent. There are some days I'll post a picture and I'm so weird and anal about like making sure that it's at a certain time where I'm going to get the most likes. Why? I have no idea. It really does not matter, you know, but I do. I, it's, and it's like a subconscious thing. I don't think about it. Like I'm not stressing over it, but I am like in my head, I'm like, okay, well I'll get more likes if I post it now. And then like, da, 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 da. And I guess too, it, it does have to do with the algorithm thing. Cause if more people like it, the more people see it. So it, it is that partially, but I know that it's also selfishly like, Oh, well I'm not getting any, as many likes and people are going to be like, Oh, she's washed up. You know, it's so dumb. But I mean, I think that way and I think a lot of people do and it's okay because it's normal in this culture in this time. But oh yeah, I feel that really hard for sure. Tell me about where you are right now. Are you signed to a label? Are you not? Like, are you writing? Like, tell me about kind of where we are like in 2020. Okay. 2020, the year of new beginnings. So I am not with a label anymore. I was, um, they were great, great people. I have no hard feelings. Um, just creatively it, it needed to happen. We're very different and I respect them. I'm thankful for them because I mean, they got me in the room with a lot of people. I don't know if I would have ever been in the room with that. I've, you know, idolized for so long, but yeah, I'm independent now. Um, which is awesome, 
but so freaking scary at the same time. But it's really cool because I have full creative control. And it's like I almost forgot, and I don't mean this in like a bragging way at all, but it's like I almost forgot how creative I am, you know? Like, and, and not that I was suppressed or anything. It's just like I almost forgot like all these ideas that really like would flow through my head, I guess. I don't know why, but so yeah, I, um, I'm independent. I am on the road a good bit this coming up. I haven't really announced many dates because I haven't been able to, which I'll have to talk to you about them because I have something for you. But um, I'm on the road a good bit coming up. And then we'll do like the festival stuff this summer. I'm writing a lot. Um, that's kind of what I'm really focusing on because I have a single out right now. But I really, I really want to release something that's different and that like kind of screams me, you know. So hopefully that'll be out soon. We're aiming for spring, but I just looked at my calendar and it's March. <laughs> so we're kind of here already. So definitely, definitely summer for sure. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, I'm just writing. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that what I say next is super intentional. That was my word for the year was intentional. So I'm trying to make sure that everything I do is intentional, especially with music. Because if I, I'm the kind of person, if I'm not intentional, then everything just like spirals, you know, because like I was telling you earlier, I'm a scattered mess half the time because I overexert myself. So if I try to do too much at one time, it just goes crazy. And so I'm trying to be way more intentional about things and especially on the aspect of music. So I'm just, I'm about to be on the road a good bit. I'm writing, 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 trying to figure out this new single. So I've kind of tried to keep everything to like, which that's not a minimum. That's pretty much everything that a musician does. <laughs> but um, for me, I'm trying to make sure that I'm super intentional in all those areas. What is like your writing process like? Are you, I haven't listened to a lot of your music. I need mm -hmm. to. Um, but like, are, are you going the, the Taylor Swift route and we're writing about past bad relationships? Mm -hmm. Are we, are you more coming from a, a, a kind of a voice of this is where I am now mm -hmm. as far as in like your real life? Like this is what I'm going through. Is it pulling from an imaginary world? Is it none of these things? Like, tell me about like what inspires you? Like when you're writing, like when you're, you're talking about want to be intentional, like yeah. intentional with what, like what are like, what? How, how would you describe your music or just kind of overall like your goals as a songwriter? Like, are we exploring your life? Are we, you know, just tell me about that. If I'm being honest, I haven't had my heart like destroyed or broken, you know? So like I'd be lying if I were to be like, oh yeah, like all these songs, the sad songs I write, because I'm really good at writing sad songs, which is funny because it's like the stuff that I haven't been through. I'm great at pulling stuff out of that. Um, and I guess it's just because the vulnerability of the truth is really hard for me to get out on paper because I don't like to share my, you know, I'm, I'm not someone that's going to be like, hi, nice to meet you. Let me tell you all of the like sad things that I've been, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I haven't ever really had my heart broken. Um, so I usually will pull those songs from like other people that have had their heart broken. I mean, I'm not saying that I've like never been upset, you know, and I've, it's not like a, I've never had a guy be like, you know, but I've never gone through one of those like detrimental like life changing so I usually will pull from friends which they probably hate me because they'll be like crying on the couch and I'm like oh my gosh like I really am so sorry and I'll get a notepad out but tell me how you feel you know like so I don't know I, I usually will pull from the people around me that I love and see what they're going through and then also I mean, I have a few. Do you remember the show Nashville? Did you ever watch it? I remember, like, briefly. Like, I had Hayden Panteri, right? Yes. Yes. I wrote, like, three or four songs when the, that show was on, like, in a week about the main characters. And I can't even I think it's, like, 
Raina and Deacon are their names. I can't even remember. But I wrote like songs about them and I would like, you know, imagine what they and it was actually really good, like songwriting practice. And I feel like I learned a lot from that because it had it forced me to kind of imagine what they were thinking and, and like I would I would try to write I, I did this thing where I would try to write the same song but from very different point of views. So like from the point of view of her, the point of view of him, the point of view of an outsider. And then kind of the point of view of an inanimate object, which sounds really weird. But it's like turning that inanimate object into, and if that, it's so weird. I don't know. I would do it because it really helped me hone my craft. And I didn't have any friends. So I was like, well, hey. And it was, I mean, I'm, and that's, I also look back and I'm like, I'm really grateful I didn't have that many friends because it allowed me to just practice, practice, practice. And I'll never, I mean, I'll never be done practicing because there's always so much more mileage to go. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's all of the above, you know, the imagination. And there's definitely real stuff that I'm going through that I'm I'm trying to be super I'm that's what I'm honestly really working on the most is I feel like I have a hundred breakup like boy songs. But I also have a hundred imagination songs. And I'm like probably got like ten songs that I feel co- like I mean that I these are the ones I'm talking about that I feel good about about the real world stuff. Because it's weird. It's hard for me to like talk about them. And it's weird because it's like, and, and it doesn't even mean that they're all sad. There's some like really sad stuff, but there's some really happy stuff that I'm like, this sounds so cheesy. I don't want anyone to ever hear this, you know? So I'm working, I'm trying to be more intentional about writing songs that are more based on who I am, what I'm going through. This is me. Like, I want you to get to know me through my music. So that's kind of, I, I think that's where I'd like to, I'm trying to really hone in on that. How do you think you gauge success for a song for you? Like what, what is a success to you? Is it, is it plays? Is it popularity? Is it like a sound? Is it none of these things? Like, are you as a songwriter, musician, is there kind of two checkpoints for anything you push out? One, how do you personally feel about it? Or is it good enough for your standards? And then like, do people naturally like it? Or what is that process for you when you're thinking about when you're pushing out music and you know, I, I always just think about when I go to concerts and certain artists will play things that they're like, like I've heard, like I'm obsessed with Nightly. I don't know if you're not, like they're a small band, but I, I saw them in Atlanta and they were like, you know, this song just, we don't really like it or like we don't think it's that good, but like you guys keep requesting it. And it was the most moving song. I was so in the moment. Me and my friend were like, what is, whoever has gotten into that guy's head needs that voice needs to get out because that was an amazing song. And so I'm just fascinated by that kind of, relationship between like like is it audience based is it you as a writer base is it a little bit of both like what do you look at at gauging success for your music it's both I always I try to always implement the rule of is it a song I want to sing for the rest of my life you know because I mean you look at Keith Urban and you look at his greatest hits like is this a song that I would want to play for the rest of my life on stage and never get bored of so I look at that but I also my biggest thing because I always say like and I know people probably are like, oh, that's like not true. But I'm, I really and truly mean it. I'm not in music for the money. I think it's the biggest joke when people are like, oh, it's just for the money. I wish you could see my bank account based on music. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not for the money. And um, I just like, I I really just want to make people feel something, you know, and, and I want people to feel, you know, moved to either be a better person or move to forgive somebody or move to, to reach out to someone. You know what I mean? Like I just want to move people and make them feel whatever, whatever it makes them feel. But 
those are kind of the two ways I kind of judge it. Is this, is this going to make someone really feel something? And I'll send it out to like my, everyone in my family, my mom and dad and my sisters and Trent and, you know, any of my cousins or close friends and see their reaction. And my manager, my manager's really awesome. And he's like, he's, he's so cool because he really and truly does let me be me. And even if he doesn't agree with something that I may be saying or maybe agree with something that I have in mind, he never shoots it down. He always lets me like, you know, so I've, I've always thought that's really cool. So I'll send him the music and his wife and, and I really trust them. So I like to send it out and kind of see how it makes people feel. And, and that's really what's most important to me. Talk to me about your opinion of mainstream country music right now. I, I think my, my perspective being that I think it's cool with a lot of the collaborations I've seen across genres, just in general, not even specific to country, even other people. But, you know, I, I think country music has been catching what seems to be a little bit of flack for like pop country and kind of the lines have been blurred. And, and I don't know if that was really kind of, I almost feel like Taylor Swift almost kind of started that conversation because she was, was traditionally country and then went pop. And not saying that people still call her country, but I think it kind of opened up this idea um, that, hey, people, this was kind of closely aligned or not. Or I have no really going with the Taylor Swift comparison, but that was just what I thought of in the moment. But as a whole, like I think there's a lot of pop country stuff, Florida George Line, a lot of these mainstream people have started to go that way. Mm-hmm. How much of that you think is dictated by like labels and stuff or this is where the where the the genre needs to go or these are just records for the radio and this is what get plays like just overall like what's your thought on country music right now i feel like i'm really conflicted on this because i grew up on like johnny cash dolly parton waylon jennings willie nelson loretta lynn but also keith urban you know um dirk bentley brad paisley and now i'm loving kane brown and you know florida georgia line and all these people that are pushing boundaries. And that's what I love because I know that there's a lot of people's default setting when they hear country music right now is that's not country music. But also like I always ask them, well, what do you, who do you think is the definition of country music? And you know, then they'll tell me. So like, for instance, if you were to be like, well, Johnny Cash, I'd be like, okay, well, Johnny Cash wasn't the first person to, to sing country music. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, it's always going to evolve. If it didn't evolve, you would have never had your favorite, you know, definite, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a really touchy subject and I see why I love that the boundaries are being pushed right now. Um, I, I personally, I, I don't see my music being produced as pop as a lot of this pop country, but that doesn't mean I don't like it. I mean, I do love it. And there's so many songs that I think are out right now that are awesome and totally underrated and are getting a, a bad rep because they're like, Oh, well it's not country. It should be played on pop. And I'm, it's like, okay, well, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. And then going back on your thing about how much of that do I think it is the label and the business side of things. It's so hard to say, I feel like, I mean, I think there's some people who, I don't know. It's hard. It's really hard to say. I, I don't feel like, I don't know. It's a good question though. I think it's definitely radio. I think radio, I mean, I I know actually that radio is a huge part of it. Um, but I wouldn't say, I don't know. I really have no idea about if it's the label or not, but I, I think radio is a huge part of why things are pushed harder. Cause I mean, there's albums where I hear a song and it's like the song I hear is genius. And I'm like, holy crap, this song is everything. And 
it'll never be pushed as a radio single. And for what reason? I don't know. But, you know, there's a lot more influence on radio than I think people realize. What's your perspective on kind of making music in 2020 from this kind of framework of I've heard a lot of people talk about, well, it's not really about albums anymore. It's about singles. Um, I think that, you know, one artist that I look at and not country music, but is the Chainsmokers. And they've kind of, in my opinion, quietly started to change the game when it comes to releasing new music because they've been releasing, quote, albums like every six months, essentially, which has been unheard of for an artist that level. But the way that they're even doing it is they're releasing it single by single. And then by the end of it, you've got the whole album. And I I love what they're doing because it's new music Mm -hmm. and it's great music. And and I think that especially just with media and everything, the pace we're going to to me, outsiders point of view looking in, you're way more experienced than I am. I don't pretend to know anything about country music or music, but like as just a fan, like I love that. I love hearing new new music from artists that I love. Um, and I love the opportunity from the business side of things of kind of saying, like, if I was the, the, their manager or their label, like, you know, I, I, the thing that just blows my mind is I think about all the mainstream artists like you've named for any genre. Like, what if one of the songs that they've never released is their X Factor song that just blows up? Like, is their number one? But they, someone along the line, didn't think it was good enough. So I love this idea that the Chainsmokers, whether intentionally this is why they're doing it, which I don't think it is, but, like, to me, from the practical side, outsider's point of view is, like, they're getting as many at-bats as possible with fans and reaching new people and new tours and new this because they're just cranking out music like quickly and and it certainly has to be good enough and yeah. I, I don't think you got to cheapen yourself as an artist or a songwriter right. so it's not like you're just throwing out random stuff but i definitely see a lot of value in what you're doing do you agree disagree what are kind of your thoughts on on this idea of is it about albums or is it about singles it's very different between genres though like i feel like with country music i still see an importance in albums but if we're talking about like maybe like success rate singles, I do agree with that. I think it's just, it's, I mean, I think chain smokers are genius, whether they're doing it for that reason or not. And I mean, going back to, you know, being told somewhere along the line, that song's not good enough, but you know, I don't know how familiar you are with Luke Combs. I'm obsessed with Luke Combs. I think he's amazing and he's just like the greatest guy ever. And he recently tweeted something which I thought was so cool because he tweeted that I think it's either however many number ones he has all of those songs were songs that people in the industry told him were no good he'd go nowhere with them they would get zero play zero attention and they're all number ones now and it's really interesting because I mean Garth Brooks has a very similar story he went from label to label to label I think like 10 times each and then Finally, one person took a chance on him with the exact same repertoire of songs and look at who freaking Garth Brooks is now, you know? So I think it's, it's interesting because I think that to answer your question, like it really just depends on who you're working with. I personally, I think singles are a huge thing right now. Like what the Chainsmokers are doing and kind of what, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's, it's hard because I feel like so much of music too is like, it depends on who you ask what they've been through or what you know because there's so much of music that's opinion based it's it's honestly all opinion based I feel like because there's no format you know what I mean there's no like you don't go to school get a degree and do this 
So it's like the whole singles thing could work amazing for chain smokers. But maybe if someone like me came out and started doing that, people would be like, whoa, slow down. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's interesting. I would say singles are a huge thing right now. I don't, I mean, I think albums are important, but I think how they're doing it more so or EPs, you know, but yeah, I think singles, singles are something because then, I mean, then you, you write a great single, you put it out there. It drives people to the album and you do have to be intentional about the single for that reason, because you want your album to get traffic, but you're not going to get any if people don't hear that first song. Cause that is their impression. You know, they hear that first song and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. I want more. Or they're like, eh, next, you know? So what in your opinion is the difference between someone that makes it and doesn't? Because I went to Auburn. I knew a lot of people that either are somebody now or they were somebody then from a musical standpoint and pitter pattered into nowhere. But if some of these people, I would have bet on people back then. I'm like, oh, they're going to make it. And they didn't make it. And then a lot of the people that I thought were just kind of average, like, are have ended up doing some amazing things with music. And I think that's both a really cool thing and both a really frustrating thing that it's kind of like you said in your last answer, like, you can't really put a box on a, a lot of musical type yeah. things. Like, because it just, I don't know, it just has a mind of its own, which, again, I think yeah. is awesome and also scary. But in your opinion, like, what what do you think is the difference between people that make it and not? And cause I got in this really long conversation with my roommate the other night about like, I feel like a lot of great new up and coming artists right now are just really great marketers and branders. Now, certainly I'm, oh, I'm yeah. not dogging their talent cause no, they no, certainly no. are really great. 100%. But I, I thought about this thought, we got in this conversation at home cause I went to a songwriters um, night. Literally I moved to Nashville I moved all my stuff off the U-Haul truck and an hour later we're sitting in songwriters and cause I'm at work. Like yeah. I'm scouting artists. I'm cause I'm one of those people. Like I don't like to just come into town, but like, I own it. Like I like to sit back from afar and evaluate people and figure out who I want to work with. Like for what I do with my cameras and stuff. And so I like to really observe people for a long period of time. Cause I think anybody can sound good, look good, say the right things on stage once, but like, are they continually doing it every night? Yeah. If so, that's what I work with. Anyways, long story short, was I was just continually reminded in that songwriter's round of just how talented people are here. And so we got in this whole conversation of like, what's the difference? Like you've got 20 guys up there, like who's gonna make it, who's gonna not? That I all think if you you brought in someone that's never listened to country music and you ask them to rate them on a one to 10 scale, I guarantee you like the weighted average or most all of them are scoring eight or above. It's not like you've got a two and then a 10 up there. So what's your opinion? Who makes it, who doesn't and why? I have three answers for this. So I think the three key factors, this is just my opinion. I think a lot of people would agree with me. One, who you know, the way you network, you know, the way you're networking and how you meet the people who are going to, you know, I mean, it's, it's really, I think not just this industry, every industry is about who you know, but definitely this industry. Two, persistence, because you're constantly told no in this industry. You know, like you're going to get a million no's, but that one yes is going to be the life changing yes. Or, I mean, a few small yeses, but but essentially you have to be persistent and you can't give up. You can't be someone that's like going to flake on it just because it's not going the way you want it to go. Because there's days when I'm like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this. You know, I'm like, am I, am I, am I dumb? Like, I don't know what's happening. But I also know without a shadow of a doubt that this is where I want to be and where I'm supposed to be. And so I just am persistent and I keep kicking down doors and I keep, you know, someone says no, well, I'll circle back around later. And 
or I'll just go to the next person where I'm like, okay, well, if you, you know, that's a door that's shut. Cause I always say a prayer before I go into a meeting or anything. And I'm like, Lord, if this is meant to be, please open the store. But if it's not slam it shut and I'll understand. And so just being persistent, that's a super big part of it. But then third, your support system, like who you have around you, whether it's your family or your friends or your team, who you surround yourself with is a big part of it. Because if you don't love them or if, if they don't love you, like you feel like, you know, it's, it's just, it's a two way street too. But if you don't feel like they're making you a better person or making you a better artist or, you know, pushing you to be the best you can be, then you're not going to be. And that's how I feel. Like I try to make sure that I'm super intentional about who I surround myself with as far as my team or people I'm playing with or I'm writing with or hanging out with. Because, I mean, we all got to be there for each other. We're all in the same industry. So, yeah, I'd say, you know, who you know, networking, persistence, and your support system for sure. What is your perspective on women in country music? And I I haven't noticed it as much, but um, I follow someone who's in the music industry here in Nashville, and she works on the label side and mm-hmm. um, is always posting these really insightful and meaningful um, statistics and things about you know the difference between men and women in country mm-hmm. music and like who's getting more plays and being nominated. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have an opinion about it just because I'm not educated enough. Do you feel like that there is a intentional, I want to say, I guess bias is the right word um, or not? Like I, this is something that I don't know if you have. I just thought of this. Um, you was, and I wanted to give you that opportunity to speak on that if you felt like there was something to say. But again, I think the statistics that people are showing about women being played on radio are true. I don't think that it's like a we hate women. We're not playing them or And I I don't think that it's like, oh, you're a woman, we're not playing you, sorry. You know, like, it's it's such a touchy subject here in Nashville. It's it's just such a touchy subject in general. And it is, I mean, being a woman, it is, like, I want more than anything to be on the radio. Every artist does. But I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't think that it's an intentional, like, I think there's so much hate right now and I feel I feel a division whether it's meant to be there or not I feel a division between the women and the men because of this but like I'm gonna be straight up with you some of my favorite writers are the men and some of my favorite artists are the men I mean I love the women too like I'm a hu- I'm a huge advocate for the women in country music I love them to death and and they're awesome and I mean Carly Pierce like I told you earlier I would die for Carly Pierce like I love her so much I don't even know her but love her and I love Kelsey. I love Marin. I love Casey. But I also love the men in this industry. And a lot of, you know, and I, I, it breaks my heart when these topics get brought up and it turns into like a bitterness towards the men because it's not on them, you know? And, and whether it's on radio or not, I never really know. Like, it's hard to talk about because it's like, I, I have so many friends at radio too that I love and I know that they're not, you know, I think, I think there might be some rules that people above all of them have maybe set. I don't know though, because again, I haven't talked to them, you know, and and I never want to be someone that, I don't know. I feel like my purpose, I always say like my purpose is to be here and to make music that makes you feel. So I don't like to, you know, talk about whether or not it's, it's, it's her fault or his fault or this one's fault, this one's fault. I just think like bottom line, yes, if you look at the statistics and the facts that have been put out there, women are not played as often and it, and it does suck. But 
I don't think it's something that someone is intentionally like, we hate women, ha ha ha, in your face, you know? So I try to, I try to still bring like positive vibes to the table because honestly, all it does for me is it just, it motivates me to work super, super hard so that I'm undeniable and that they have to play me. You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of where I try to look at, look at it from because I would just, I don't know. That's kind of how I approach the thing. This is the situation. Cause I mean, it's, it's a definite, I agree. And it does suck. And I, and I'm always going to be super supportive of my fellow women in the industry. So I never want someone to think like, Oh, well, she's not supportive if she, you know, I just, I still, I love the men in the industry and I love the women. I'm, I'm, I'm so big on people empowerment. I just want everyone to feel good and I want everyone to succeed. What would you say to someone that's listening to your story today or our conversation has really resonated with this, but is, you know, really self-identified with, you know, crap, like I am living in zero days right now. Like I'm, 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 I'm afraid to pick up the, the mic because people are bullying me at school or I'm afraid to chase uh, my dream to be a country music artist because I feel pressure because my parents want me to go to grad school or want me to be a doctor or a lawyer or a mom or a whatever. Or what, what would you say to that person? And however short or long you want to answer this, the floor is yours. I would say just do it. And I know that sounds like people will probably be like, oh, yeah, that's easier said than done. But I mean, I mean it. Just do it and and see what happens. And if it, you know, you're not going to get it right on the first try. And that's kind of where the persistence comes in. Like you're not going to get it right on the first try. You're going to do something wrong. You're going to, you know, make a mistake. But you just have to do it. You have to try it because you'll never know if you don't try. You could hit a home run the first time, but you wouldn't know if you didn't try, you know, and and that's something that I've always tried to kind of, I've tried to always step out of my comfort zone. That's another big like piece of advice I give people is step out of your comfort zone because that's, it's scary, but that's when I feel like you shine, you know, because you're forced into this unknown and you're forced into this position where you're like, oh my gosh, what the heck am I doing? And if you live outside of your comfort zone, I just feel like there's so much, there's so, there's so many opportunities. I don't know. I just, I always say live outside of your comfort zone. Um, also, also just be a good person and good things will come to you. If you are doing, if you're living at your dream and you're doing it and you're giving it your all, that's another thing. Give it your 100% all because it's not worth it if you're not, you know, if you're not giving it every bit of intention, then, you know, what is it, what does it mean? You know, it means nothing. And so just be a good person, do the dang thing and don't give up because you're going to be like, you're going to face adversity. People are going to tell you like, Oh, you know, they're going to look at you and think that you're crazy or they're going to tell you straight up that you're not going to get where you want to go or that it's impossible. And you're going to face that, but you just have to keep going and prove them wrong. And I mean, I know it's so cliche, but let your haters be your motivators, you know, and, and show them. And, and that was kind of something that I, I struggled with for a while because I let myself believe that what they were saying was true about me because I thought, you know, well, if everyone, well, there's so many people tell me this, why, you know, and, but you have to let it be your motivation and you have to let you be, you know, and not that you should do things for other, like because you care about what other people think, but not going to lie, it's going to feel pretty freaking good when you succeed and the people that were treating you so terrible are watching, you know, so just do it. And don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone and do things that are so scary and may keep you up at night thinking about, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. 
Wow, what an episode. I hope that you came away today as inspired as I did. I absolutely love hearing stories of people that are willing to um, overcome anything that comes their way. I was truly inspired sitting in the room uh, with Bailey listening to her talk about just having to go through all the challenges of being bullied as a kid. And it was truly amazing to sit with her, you know, now years later and seeing what a talented country music uh, artist she is and what a just an amazing woman and overall human being that she is and just her overall heart for kindness and, and love for those around her. And so I just can't imagine anyone that would um, pick on someone like that. So I hope that if you're being bullied today or, you know, people have come against you recently that you will take to heart the lessons and, and, and tips that Bailey has shared from her life story and just know that you're not alone, um, that people aren't picking on you because something's wrong with you. But it, it many times it's barely talked about, you know, people are jealous of other people being, you know, at the same school or from the same towns they are. And yet you're, you know, have so much potential in front of you. And so I hope this, this episode could just uplift you if you're struggling with that. Um, on the other side of the coin, I hope that if you're a country music artist today, that you will uh, hopefully continue to support Bailey. Or if it's your first time even knowing uh, who is Bailey Engel, that you would support her because I think she's truly amazing and has just the brightest future in front of her. Again, as I mentioned in the intro to this uh, episode, I hope that you're all staying safe out there. I know it's, uh, you know, a very difficult and challenging time for a lot of us. You know, some of us are facing a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns. Some of us have been fired from our jobs. Some of us are, you know, able to still work from home. And so, I don't, you know, regardless of where your situation is, you know, we're all dealing with this thought of not knowing when, when is the end to coronavirus or when is the end to COVID-19. So I hope you know that I'm praying for you. I, I believe in each and every one of you, and I, I look forward to releasing a ton of new episodes uh, next week. So have a great day. I'm praying for you. I believe in you. Stay safe.